This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we move further in our adventure in Acts with John and Peter in Samaria, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, part one, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, part two, the road to Damascus, and Ananias sent to Saul. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. Holy God, holy and most gracious Father, our Father, who art in heaven, I believe in God, Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God, Father Almighty. 
reading from 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming, and it now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God, and have overcame them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Our reading from the first epistle of St. John prompts a legitimate question to that invocation. In the name of Jesus, but which Jesus? Is, the, is this the Jesus who has come in the flesh or not? The question is necessary since anyone can use the name of Jesus even without acknowledging the Jesus who came in the flesh to save sinners. Any spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus in the flesh is, as John states, the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and is now in the world already. If the spirit of the Antichrist was already in the world at the end of the first century, you can be assured that the spirit of Antichrist has never disappeared and is active and, and alive today. So, I need to answer my own question. I acknowledge that Jesus has come in the flesh. The Jesus who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, was born, suffered, died, and rose again is the Jesus in whose name I made the invocation. You may well say that St. John writes, what St. John writes here is rather foundational, even elementary. If you grew up in the Lutheran Church, you learned how to distinguish the spirit of error from the spirit of truth. This you learned by hearing the liturgy, hearing the Lutheran hymns, hearing sermons, but also from what you learned in catechesis. If you did not grow up in the Lutheran Church but came to Lutheranism from some other Christian denomination or no denomination at all, you also can distinguish the spirit of, er the spirit of truth from the spirit of error. You discovered that Lutherans clearly teach and confess what is in the Bible and thus distinguish truth from error. Accordingly, what St. John writes here is basic knowledge for anyone in the pew. St. John certainly indicates this. He addresses his hearers as little children. In his second epistle, he addresses the, the elect lady and her children. These little children are those who have been born again of water and the spirit into the holy Christian church. Thus, little children is a designation for all Christian believers. And they are the people that St. John addresses here. 
He does not address this to learned doctors of theology. And he concludes, we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. St. John does not say that his, that, his ear, that his hearers ought to be able to distinguish truth from falsehood. He says that they already do it because they know God and listen to those who teach correctly. St. John does not paint a picture here of sheep who have no idea of what is going on, but a picture of individual Christians knit together by the Holy Spirit in the bonds of faith, a faith that they understand and can confess. Testing the spirits is everyone's job in that Christian community. So, where does that leave room for the Lutheran pastor or the Lutheran deaconess or for someone who is training to be a pastor or deaconess? If the members of the congregation already know the answers, what is left to teach them? Is the effort you are expending here in the seminary worthwhile? For someone who just finished the halfway point of summer Hebrew or the almost halfway point of summer Greek, that might be something to wonder about. Now, I wouldn't have asked the question if I could not give you a positive answer. Of course it is. We can find a place for ordained or consecrated church workers, even here in our text, although we need to look a little, since St. John is clearly addressing the average congregational member, the little children. Besides being children in Holy Mother Church, there is another aspect of children to consider. Children are in the process of growing up. They are striving to reach adulthood and maturity. Christians, however, remain always as children of God, always growing in the faith and the knowledge of God and the way to live a Christian life. Children need adults and mature mentors to guide and shape them. So, without, without mentioning pastors and deaconess, St. John leaves plenty of room for them in our text. The Christian growing in his or her faith continually needs guidance and support, direction, and even perhaps discipline. But there is a more direct connection here with called church workers. It's in the word test at the beginning of our reading. Test the spirits to see whether they are from God for many false prophets have gone out into the world. The Greek word here indicates a continual or repeated action. Keep on working to determine the genuineness of someone's teaching by examination and testing without giving up. This is not a one-time action. We can't say, we've done it and figured it out, so let's move on. The false spirits of this present world are constantly at work to undermine the true God, the one who sent his son Jesus into the flesh. False spirits continue to find new ways to deceive believers, although at base it's always the same false teaching. If you are finishing church history for today, you are well aware of this. Sometimes the heresy is blatant, sometimes it's not, and sometimes almost invisible. But no matter how it appears, St. John's condemnation still applies. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. It is with this continuous, never-ending determination of the genuineness of theological teachings 
that the, that the called church workers can assist lay Christians. The called church workers have more background, more experience, more resources than lay Christians. All of that gives church workers the ability to guide other Christians in assessing the spirits to determine whether they are from God or not. And once you are out in the parish, you never know when one kind of, oh, by the way, question might come up. Your education here is to provide you enough knowledge to give an accurate answer or enough knowledge to know where to find the answer. All in all, St. John gives us, gives us a picture of the properly functioning Christian congregation, one where the members know God and can tell truth from falsehood, specifically in being able to tell whether the true Jesus or a false Jesus is being taught. And it is a place for church workers, called church workers who have been trained sufficiently to be able to test the spirits without ceasing and thus support the congregation in finding true teachers to listen to, and a place for those who know enough Greek to tell the members that John is not talking about a one-off testing, but a continued or repeated testing that keeps on going. Testing the spirits is a job for all Christians. No one is exempt. God gives each Christian the ability to test the spirits according to his station in life. God wants each Christian to be confident that his faith is a faith that rests in the only true God and the only true Jesus who has come in the flesh to save sinners like you and me. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
I cry to you, O Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And uphold me with a willing spirit. My mouth is filled with your praise. And with your glory all the day. Every day I will bless you. And praise your name forever and ever. By awesome deeds you answer us with righteousness. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. He redeems your life from the pit. And crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry come to you. In our prayers, we give thanks together with John and Christy Burns at the birth of a son, William Lewis. Let us pray. Almighty God, by the working of your Holy Spirit, grant that we may gladly hear your word proclaimed among us and follow its directing. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, giver of all blessing, we praise you for the gift of a new life granted to John and Christy in the birth of a son, William Lewis. Protect mother and child, shielding them from anything harmful in body or soul, and bring this newborn safely to the waters of holy baptism. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray from all evil and bring us to everlasting life.